Hi everyone, it's Allie. Welcome back to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. Hi everyone, it's Allie. Welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here for episode three. And if this is your first time listening, I'm even more excited that you're here. Thank you so much. So today's episode is with Kelsey and we dive into some topics that are relatable for many of us and maybe not so relatable for others. But I do find that you'll find something from this episode that you'll be able to relate to. Um, The beauty about doing this podcast is really being able to open up the space for anyone who wants to share their journey and share something with the world. So Kelsey is a perfect example of that. And I found so much beauty in having this conversation with her. So without further ado, here is today's episode. And as always, if you do find anything to be triggering, please know that you can step away and Stop listening if that is right for you. This is a space where you're allowed to set boundaries with yourself. So if something comes up that is maybe not what you want to hear right now, please know it's okay to stop listening. But other than that, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? I am so excited that you're on Feeling Good Sometimes. Um, I start every episode by asking the guests how you're feeling. So how are you feeling today? Thank you so much for asking. I am honestly feeling great today. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Uh, I've been sick, so I am finally feeling like I'm back to pretty much 100%. I woke up this morning with tons of energy, so I'm really excited to be here. Perfect. And is it sunny where you are today? It's not. It's very windy. (laughs) I'm from Southern Alberta. I live on the prairies. Okay. So it is a, a blustery, windy day today, but that's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's sunny here today, so it's really nice. And it is Thanksgiving Day. We are recording this on Thanksgiving Day, right? Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, you too. Um, Okay, so Kelsey uh, reached out to be on the podcast today because she has a really remarkable story that she would like to share with everybody. So Kelsey has gone through a lot in the past 15 years. We're going to ballpark it at that. So why don't you just dive right in and... It's your platform. You go for it. (laughs) Thanks, Allie. It is such an honor to be here today. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kelsey. I'm also known online as Made Into Mother. And I share my journey with infertility, pregnancy loss, and PCOS. Mm -hmm. And I found Pure Balanced in Allie shortly after my fifth miscarriage. Okay. And the idea of carrying around a positive affirmation with me mm-hmm. was mind blowing. It was exactly what I needed. And I felt so yeah. connected to Pure Balanced right from the beginning. I'm so happy that you found it. And that's five miscarriages. That's a lot. That's not. Thank you. Thanks for acknowledging very, that. Yeah, that's not very common or it's not something people speak openly about, right? Which is what we need more in the world because so many women go through miscarriages. So many. I mean, in Canada, one in six couples will struggle with infertility and Mm -hmm. one in four pregnancies will end in a loss. Wow. And those numbers are, oh, it just, it it makes me tear up just thinking about, you know, if you know four people, (laughs) chances are. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know those stats. 
Wow. That is exactly why I chose to share my journey because Mm -hmm. until it happened to me, I didn't realize how common it was. I had my first miscarriage when I was 19 Okay, and I was newly engaged. Um, Mm -hmm. I will just kind of, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about my story. So when I was in high school, I started a program that allowed me to begin university at age 15. So I had to mature very quickly. We were university students in the same classes as all of the other classmates. And I had a student ID. We would go to the library and study and take tests and exams at the university. And so I had, I had to grow up very quickly and I ended up graduating (laughs) high school early at 16 because of this program that allowed me to kind of expedite. I got dual credit. And so I was thrown into the adult world very early. Mm-hmm. I was attending school with adults. I was having adult conversations as mm-hmm. a teenager, as a child. And that ultimately led to me getting mixed up with a much older crowd when I was in university. Mm-hmm. And I went through some traumatic experiences, sexual assault, mm-hmm. eating disorders. And I grew up way too quickly Mm -hmm. to just kind of put it plainly. And I really struggled in university. I never had a typical experience. I wanted, you know, Mm -hmm. mom and a dad and a house and a dog. And I didn't have that. I came from a split family that had lots of complications. I wanted to go to high school for four years and graduate and go to university for four years and graduate. And I didn't have that either. I did this expedited high school program and I ended up spending six years in university and changing my degree three times because I couldn't decide what I wanted well, to do. Yeah. When you start university at what, like 15, that's really, really young. Like even now people start university at 17, 18. And how are you supposed to know what you want to do with the rest of your life? You're it's, not. And yeah. at the time I graduated high school in 2010. Okay. At the time, everyone just said, get a degree, pick anything, pick something you like a degree period will be valuable. And the reality is that that's not the case in the workforce. At least that has not been my experience. Yeah. And so I ended up getting engaged at 19. Okay. I ended up dropping out of university, getting married, getting a job and having this beautiful life without a university degree. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I felt like I was finally going to be normal. You know, the okay. university thing didn't work out, but here I was in a marriage that I thought was going to work out and that mm-hmm. didn't end up working out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, mental health was a huge factor, depression, anxiety that ultimately led to infidelity mm-hmm. and a really traumatic divorce that I didn't see coming. I was kind of blindsided at 21 and had to restart my whole life. I almost lost my house Mm -hmm. and I didn't know who I was. I had spent my whole life chasing this picturesque. Mm, I was going to say you're, you're chasing that like picture perfect life, right? Yes. And this this picture perfect life that social media taught me I needed, you know, the, the white, kitchen with the island Mm -hmm. and the front porch with the wreath on it and a cat and a dog and two kids. And then I had another miscarriage Okay, and we weren't trying Mm -hmm. at any point. We were not preventing, Mm -hmm. but realizing how badly you want something while you're losing it 
is the loneliest pain in this society right now, I think. And I turned online. I turned to Instagram and okay. the pregnancy and loss and motherhood and family building community and realized, wow, there are so many imperfect ways to build a family that turn out so beautiful mm-hmm. and so perfect. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I get married, I get pregnant, I yeah. have yeah. the two and a half kids or whatever the average is. It can fall apart and then fall back together so beautifully. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting divorced in 2017. Okay. I went bankrupt. My house almost got foreclosed on. I This was a divorce that I didn't see coming. I didn't realize that there was cheating and stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of a sudden I was working 80 hour weeks. I wasn't seeing my friends or family at all. I was just trying mm-hmm. to survive. And I turned to social media and found solace and talking to people who knew what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest part of losing pregnancies when you're not trying is I didn't have any friends that had been pregnant at that point. I was in my early Mm twenties and nobody was talking about pregnancy loss. I, I didn't know how to find support because Mm -hmm. it was something that wasn't talked about. People typically don't announce their pregnancies until later on when there's less of a chance of losing it. Mm -hmm. And so I felt since I had lost my pregnancies before that quote unquote safe zone, that my loss didn't matter. Okay. And when I turned to this Instagram community and I saw all of these people saying these kind words to each other, like something as simple as I'm sorry for your loss Mm -hmm. to acknowledge a miscarriage can be so validating. Like, wow, you know, I did go through a loss and I did grieve my hopes and dreams. When you see a positive pregnancy test, you picture your whole future. Mm. You know, even as someone who maybe has been sexually active and maybe your period's irregular or late and you're thinking about whether or not to take a pregnancy test, you start to imagine what -hmm. your whole future is going to be like, you know, and am I going to be a good mom? You know, what's my relationship with the dad? Mm -hmm. Am I going to have a nursery? Is it going to be a boy or a girl? It's just natural to dream about all these things. And then it's taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have anybody to talk to except these people that I didn't know, these, you know, so-called strangers. Mm -hmm. And over time, I built up the courage to share my journey. I did end up meeting a new partner and we decided Mm -hmm. to start a life together. Um, I'm lucky to be a stepmom to a preteen and it's made me just want to do that motherhood thing so much. And that's how I started my page from maiden to mother to capture Mm -hmm. my journey through maidenhood because Mm -hmm. one day I believe I'm going to be a mother Mm -hmm. and being a stepmom is a type of mother. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) One day I believe I'm going to be a birth mother and I'm going to want to look back on this phase and see how much growth I did because I'm 28 now. And I Mm -hmm. look back on 21 year old me getting Mm -hmm. divorced thinking, you know, my life was over Mm -hmm. and feeling like a completely different person now because of that safe space that Mm -hmm. I had to grow of these other people that were bravely sharing their journeys. I'm definitely not the first person to share about infertility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And normalizing that conversation because so many people suffer in silence. Mm 
at home alone. And nobody should have to. When you lose a family member, when you lose a, a parent, a grandparent, a spouse, a sibling, a cousin, the community comes together to grieve and to support you. And when there's a miscarriage, it is often shrugged off or, oh, you can try again, or at least it was early, or at least you didn't get to know them and all of these rather dismissive statements. Yeah. So and until so, it's pointed out. Right. yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say until it's pointed out, a lot of people don't realize how dismissive. Yeah. And I almost wonder if people are like, well, other people go through miscarriages as, as well. It's not like a taboo thing to go through, but from the outside, it could it could look like that, but it's true what you were saying. You're you're losing something, and you're losing like the future you thought you were gonna have, which I think a lot of people can relate to in terms of not just like trying to have a baby, right? Like there's a lot of things like if we even think about the pandemic, right? Like we we all kind of lost the future that we thought we were going to have for a couple of years and we're kind of living a different life um so I'm curious about like what you went through when you were younger did you have to do the university degree earlier or like what was the choice to start it earlier than to say everybody else yeah I went to a really incredible high school that actually no longer offers this program but um it's a school that combined with a career and technical school okay so while you were in grade um 11 and 12 you could do your first year of an apprenticeship or you know there was hairdressing drafting, okay. carpentry, welding. I did the academic version, mm -hmm. which allowed us to take our first year of university classes while we were still in high school. So there was a group of us that got all enrolled together. We had to do some entrance exams. We had to kind of speed up some of our high school courses to make sure we had prerequisites. And then we would leave school early every day and get on the city bus together and go to the university and sit in our lectures in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And the advantage to this was when we graduated high school, you had university credits under your belt, Psych 101, mm -hmm. Sociology 101, English 101. And it was free. And we okay. got dual credit for it. So when I got university credit for that class, it also counted as a grade 12 level high school class. Gotcha. So I was able to do grade 11, grade 12, and my first year of university all in the same year. That's wild. It was very busy. <laughs> I, I was also doing that. <laughs> I was also a band student and a theater student. So okay. I had performances and shows on top of that I've mm -hmm. always been someone that fills my plate mm -hmm. as full as it'll go and that's a coping mechanism and okay. I have I've leaned on that so I focused on education for a long time and then I kind of rolled with that because when I graduated high school I could get into other universities as a a university transfer, a second okay. year transfer, okay. as opposed to a first year high school graduate. So mm -hmm. I ended up moving because I wanted to pursue music. I was a flautist mm -hmm. and I did music theory and composition for four years, mm -hmm. but the program was incredibly toxic okay. and incredibly competitive. And there were people 
this is going to get wild, but trying to get each other hooked on drugs so that they would drop out of the program. Mm-hmm. And As doing, like what makes it yeah. so toxic? Yeah, it was wild. There were people that they literally would not eat, would not sleep. They would only practice because they wanted to be the best because they what, wanted to like, be the best. Yeah. So what was the purpose for that? Was it like they're going to get into something after that or they just wanted to be the best? part of it was they wanted to be the star of the show in the orchestra. They wanted to have the best parts that were the most complex that would get them the most accolades because Mm -hmm. it's a music is a very small community Mm -hmm. where when you're known for having a lot of skill or a lot of talent, you can get jobs that are well-paying. People will hire you as um, a teacher and a mentor. And so people wanted to be seen as the best looking in their performances on stage under the lights. People wanted to be seen as the most talented, the most hardworking, um, always ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. And there's only so much that talent can get you. A lot of it it needs to be skill. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really interested in that. I joined a sorority and I wanted to do more social things. Mm -hmm. I was part of the residence committee at my school and helped manage where the students live. I was way more interested in living a more (laughs) well-rounded, balanced life Mm -hmm. as opposed to taking uppers to practice all day and all night Mm -hmm. and slipping sedatives to my competitors before they perform. And like the music program was wild and I I wanted no part of that. So Mm -hmm. when I met my ex-husband at 19, he was 26 um, and he presented this fairy tale to me, this, you know, let's get married and have a house and kids and let's do that journey instead. I was like, yep, see ya. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> bye okay. to you know the the binge drinking and the over exercising to try and look like all the other girls in my program okay so that do was... you feel like that was kind of like your escape yeah yeah, yeah and I'm even thinking about like because earlier you said that your childhood wasn't like what you would call like picture perfect so do you think that because you didn't have that as a child you wanted that when you were older and that kind of also like pushed you into maybe moving faster than ideally you wanted to earlier than you wanted to probably oh 100 percent. yeah oh yeah you nailed it <laughs> yep <laughs> I've done a lot sure. of therapy I... work I know <laughs> yes but... yep you know you know just what to pick up on my my parents are wonderful and I love them yeah. um but them splitting was traumatic Mm-hmm. And I always yearned for what my friends had mm-hmm. and there were complications, you know, as great as my parents are, you know, they're not perfect. And it was a really difficult situation to navigate. Yeah. And everyone's human. Like, yeah. It, how it was old hard. were you when your parents separated? Um, I was a baby. Okay. So you were really, really young. Okay. Yeah. My mom and dad have pretty much never been together in my okay. life. Um, they split when I was very, very young and they've always had an amicable relationship, Mm -hmm. but just having, you know, a split family and trying to please them and trying to please the other Mm -hmm. and trying to fit in with one family and trying to fit in with the other, Mm -hmm. it was exhausting. And I, when I went away to university, I definitely wanted to escape and find myself and I didn't. And then Mm -hmm. when I got engaged and married, I thought I'd find myself as a wife and I didn't. Mm -hmm. 
And then I got divorced and I thought, okay, here's a great opportunity to find myself. And Mm -hmm. it took a long time, but I definitely feel like I'm getting there more. And it, it, I hate to say this, but it took everything falling apart to realize what mattered. And I hate that it comes to that because I would love to wish just love and joy and happiness Mm -hmm. on everybody. And I, I hate admitting that the hurt was meant to be in a way Um, especially going through infertility, that's something you hear a lot is, oh, it'll happen when it's time. Mm -hmm. You know, the universe has a plan (laughs) and you know, it's very dismissive when it's said as a response to you sharing something that you're going through. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when you sit down and look at your life, there is a part of you that has to admit that when things don't go perfectly, they still work out for a better reason than maybe not than it would have, but it still works out in a great way mm-hmm. at some point. And that's really hard to admit because you know what? I think it's okay to sit in that feeling of it's unfair. What I'm going through is not fair. It's mm-hmm. not fair that my parents weren't together and I had to struggle with my self-worth growing up. It's not mm-hmm. fair that my ex has been cheated on me. It's not fair that I'm going through infertility now. Mm-hmm it's okay to admit that and say like, you know, there is no good reason for those things happening, Mm -hmm. but because they happened, it's still led me to other incredible things. Mm -hmm. And sharing my journey with infertility and pregnancy loss has connected me with so many strong, inspiring people and being one of those people to spread awareness about this typically taboo topic mm-hmm. brings me way more pride than I ever felt on stage playing music mm-hmm. or in the kitchen cooking for my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have, you know, I have finally found an area where I feel valuable. Okay. And it happens to be a little bit more public. <laughs> That's not going to be the case for everybody. Yeah. But I did have to go through all those things to get here. I think that it does happen to a lot of people, unfortunately, is that things do have to fall apart for a new life to come together. And I mean, it is very taboo and people love it. People don't like that phrase, like the whole like everything happens for a reason or the universe has your back, X, Y, and Z. And I think we do have to be careful when we phrase it through different people's challenges. Um, But for you, it does seem like your kind of like rock bottom moments are what kind of helped you evolve and grow into who you are today. And I think it's also very important to recognize that what you go through in your like late teens, early twenties, you're still really, really young. (laughs) You're still really young then you're still developing. Um, there's a big change from your early twenties to your late twenties, which we're in right now. Um, so, and you've been open about you going through infertility right now. So what does that look like? Obviously you have a new partner and this is kind of like a different experience for you, right? Because with your ex-husband, obviously you weren't trying, but Mm -hmm. you 
you still wanted to be pregnant, I'm guessing. And then, but now it's like, you're actively trying, but you're going through all these different roadblocks. So what does that look like for you? So when I was with my ex-husband, I did have four early miscarriages. So there was a part of me that knew, okay, I'm capable of conceiving. (laughs) I just need some help along the way. And so when we split up and I was focusing on myself, part of that was focusing on my health. Mm -hmm. And I went and kind of got a workup done. And my doctor said, look, it's going to be hard, but when you're ready to have kids, let me know. And there's options. Okay. So when my partner and I decided that we were ready to have kids. I knew going into it that we were going to struggle. I had had that conversation with my doctors already. Mm -hmm. And so when we went to the doctor to get our initial referral to the fertility clinic, um, you do have to wait a certain amount of time. Often people will say it's a year. You don't always have to wait a year before you go to the fertility clinic. Um, In our case, we did. We chose to, to try on our own before Mm -hmm. going to the fertility clinic. And when we went and got that referral, it was like this big, heavy realization that like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be one of the lucky ones (laughs) who, you know, they say, okay, it's going to be hard, but then it happens anyway. So when people say, oh, you know, just relax and stop trying so hard. I'm like, "Mm, you don't get it. (laughs) I've done the, I've done the not trying hard thing and it doesn't work. There's a biological medical problem. And that's Mm -hmm. the other piece to infertility that people don't realize is that the diseases that I have that cause my infertility cause other problems with my quality of life. Mm -hmm. And that's my case. It's not the case for everyone. For some people, mm-hmm. it's strictly a conception problem, but there mm-hmm. are um, conditions like PCOS and endometriosis that mm-hmm. extremely impact people's quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that miss work because of these reproductive problems mm-hmm. and they can be debilitating. And so talking about infertility, isn't just talking about conception. It's about talking about access to reproductive health care for everyone. Mm-hmm. Cause you shouldn't have to be at the point where you're trying for a baby before a doctor will listen to you. And that is a mm-hmm. huge problem in Canada. Doctors just brush it off. They'll say, Oh, you have PCOS, but don't worry about it because you're young and you're not trying to have kids yet. And then you go to try to have kids and they go, wait mm-hmm. a minute. We could have been balancing your hormones for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a really, really good point. I feel like that happens a lot with healthcare. It's like, it almost, you have to wait until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then you have to spend all this extra time, money, effort, and X, Y, and Z to get your body into, I guess, a more healthier space. And yeah, I think that is something that doesn't, get as much acknowledged through infertility. I think a lot of us think like, oh, there's just like, yeah, a conception problem when there's normally a lot more that's going on behind the scenes that people don't really know. And it's not as simple as just aiding in conception either. I have been able to conceive multiple times. Yeah. And hanging on to that pregnancy is a problem for a lot of people too, or having a healthy full-term pregnancy is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And our healthcare system makes it really hard for people to choose the best course of treatment for them. Like, for example, I've had two surgeries that are fully covered by Alberta healthcare Mm -hmm. and 
the treatment options that would have been my alternative are thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. a month. Yeah. And they're not better or worse options. They're just different choices, but our healthcare system is run by people that don't understand these choices Mm -hmm. and don't feel like it's a choice that a doctor and a patient should make. And so when you don't have thousands of dollars for these alternate treatment options, you end up like me and going under the knife instead. Okay. Interesting. Whereas, you know, just to kind of put in perspective for people who don't know, it's the difference between a treatment option that's one or two ultrasounds and a five minute insemination procedure that could get me pregnant versus, you know, hours long surgeries that require weeks off of work to recover from. Mm-hmm. But the surgeries are fully covered in Alberta. So interesting. Yeah. And every province has different healthcare yeah. plans. So oh, people yeah. on People in Ontario have access to different care. Yeah. They can get some fertility coverage, but not everyone has the luxury of picking up and moving across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this an is incredibly through, complicated system. Through OHIP, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Ontario health, health plan will cover some fertility treatments, but the Alberta plan does not cover anything. Doesn't even cover monitoring ultrasounds, which you would think would be diagnostic. They'll cover... Um, your intake ultrasound, but they don't cover every ultrasound. And so along the way, you end up with a bill, $200 for this, $300 for that. Mm -hmm. And we actually had to go out of province for our care because we're not getting good care in Alberta. Okay. We're paying, oh, we're, we're paying way more for, for care in BC than we are in Alberta. That's a lot of, Oh, a, a huge misconception in Canada is that all of our healthcare is free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could go on a tangent for about that. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, different countries go through very different processes when it comes to this sort of healthcare and healthcare in general. But obviously, we're located in Canada, so we're focusing on Canada right now. Um, yeah. So, how does that even like? It's just so unfair to me. Like you, how are you supposed to afford to have a child if you can't do it naturally and can't afford the thousands? Cause I, I don't know fully, but I know like IVF is very expensive. So yeah. yeah. I mean, these treatments can be anywhere from two or $3,000 a month to 10 to $15,000 a month. And that's just for a chance. That's for an attempt that doesn't even guarantee you a baby. Mm-hmm. and the adoption system isn't ideal either it's not a cure for infertility it's mm-hmm. not a plan b for people that haven't dealt with that grief okay. but it is another way to build families and that system is really complicated too and it ends up being so unfair because these people that want children so badly and are planning and saving and preparing end up in this position where through no fault of our own, (laughs) our bodies can't do what everyone expects them to do. Mm -hmm. And there's not as much healthcare support out there as you think there is. We can go and get some testing done, but then if we want to do any of the treatments to treat any of the conditions they find, that's not necessarily covered. So you end up kind of backed into a corner where you have a diagnosis and you know 
why you're unhealthy or why you can't conceive, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily have access to the care that you need to fix it. It's very common in mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go to a psychiatrist, you can get diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but they're not paying for your therapy. Mm -hmm. They're not paying for your prescriptions. Yeah. (laughs) They'll give you the diagnosis, but people need access to support. And that is, that's become my passion. This started as me sharing my journey, just documenting my journey through maidenhood and it's become a place to advocate for everyone's healthcare journey because, you know, it's great that I had access to surgeries that could help my quality of life. But what about all the other people with PCOS? Mm-hmm. I don't have endometriosis, but that is something that has to be treated surgically. Mm-hmm. And these things often aren't taken seriously until A, you want kids, or B, you've been trying for over a year to have those kids or C, Mm -hmm. you've been to other clinics that have refused to help you. And you've had to go to other clinics Mm -hmm. and all these, all these people want is to be parents. Mm -hmm. It just breaks, it breaks my heart to think about, you know, that's what it boils down to. You know, I could talk about advocating for healthcare all day, but at the end of the day, this community, we just want what everybody else wants. And that's a happy family life Mm -hmm. memories of the people we love. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, as we know, there's a lot going on around the world when it comes to women's bodies, women's rights, and it just seems like another little pin in the map that needs to be fixed. And I don't even. Yeah, it's like how do you even go about even making an impact in this? But it seems like that's what you're doing by sharing your journey. So you're obviously very open about everything you're going through and obviously have kind of like created your own community and are able to connect with a lot of women online who are going through similar situations. Um, Do you find that to be positive all the time or is there some... It's not positive all the time. I would love to say it's positive 100% of the time. Um, Anytime you put yourself out there, whether that's, you know, to your coworkers Mm -hmm. or to the entire internet, there's always going to be people that don't see eye to eye with you on things. And Mm -hmm. I am someone that speaks my mind. I pride myself on that. Mm -hmm. I only get this one life, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I intend to use my voice and people don't always agree with me, which is fine. They don't have to. Um, I deal a lot with people coming to my space and just looking for attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Thing kind of inflammatory things about reproductive health care and what it's like to have children And people ask me a lot why I bother engaging with that and speaking up about it. But Mm -hmm. I know there are other people in the comments of my posts seeing these things. Mm -hmm. And just because I choose to put myself out there and I'm prepared for the trolls and the rude Mm -hmm. responses doesn't mean that other people need to see that too. I remember what it feels like to be a teenager online, scrolling through the comments of YouTube videos, making up my mind about things. And when people come to an infertility space and see comments about how having kids isn't worth it, and it's more effort than it's worth, and you'll regret it. 
it breaks my heart that I know there are other people seeing those comments and potentially having their feelings hurt or second guessing their choices. Like, oh, is this really worth it? Or is it selfish for me to want to have kids? And I think it's important to speak up and say, no, you can have whatever you want in this life. And other people might think it's silly to pursue parenthood so passionately, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there are so many people out there that think it's beautiful and think it's special to want to grow your family in that way in a world where you know it's easy to think why would I want to bring someone into all this chaos it's just as valuable to think I want to bring up somebody that's kind and caring and strong within and amongst all this chaos Mm -hmm. and so dealing with you know, people being critical of how much personal information I share or being critical about wanting to be a parent in general. I always go back to thinking about younger versions of myself Mm -hmm. and what did I need to see? What did I need to hear when I was going through a miscarriage? You know, Mm -hmm. I needed someone to tell me for years that my loss mattered because I didn't even tell people about it for years because I didn't think it mattered at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I told people I was in the hospital because that was the only piece of information I thought was relevant. But mm-hmm. finally, years later, I was sitting in therapy and she said to me like, no, you lost a, a child. Mm-hmm. You had life end within you. And that is something that I needed to sit with. Mm-hmm. And that I really encourage other people to sit with and really be honest about how you feel about that because it can hold you back from being vulnerable in relationships with people when you're afraid to get your feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. And it can lead you to dark places. I mean, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with anxiety. I have um, obsessive compulsive tendencies Mm -hmm. and stress and insecurity makes all of that worse. And when you get Mm -hmm. into a downward spiral, Mm -hmm. sometimes all it takes is one person who sees you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You need like, well, and that's the whole purpose of this podcast, right? It's just like one person that you can relate to and feel connected to, to know that whatever you're going through, you're not alone. And I think that's so important, especially when you're speaking about loss. I mean, we can relate it to so many different versions of our own lives. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily a pregnancy loss, but just recognizing that if it is something early on, you are validated to feel everything that you're feeling and nothing needs to be judged or shamed or anything like that like you are absolutely validated to feel that however your body is going to let you feel it and I think that's a lot I mean social media is a very interesting space and um I think what's really important about you bringing up that you do engage with the not so nice comments on your post is that there's so many women out there who will not feel comfortable or just people in general, like I shouldn't just say women, um, to share their story or share their life online, right? But they do watch other people and they are watching what other people are doing. And unfortunately, that is good. And I mean, that is bad and it is good because we do come across people that do take out their 
their life on other people. And that's just kind of like the reality of our world. And as humans, we're going to deal with people that um, don't agree with what we're doing, don't agree with what we say. But um, I think it's really brave of you to stand up to them so you're true to yourself, but also recognizing that there is other women watching. And even if maybe the comment didn't hurt you, you feel like it's going to hurt someone else. And that's not necessarily something that we all think about. I think we do as humans internalize things a lot quicker and maybe more than we typically need to. But I just think that's part of like our society, right? That we take it on to ourselves or we, um, yeah, take things on too much. Um, so I think that's really, really amazing. But I do think that if people are listening to this and they are, whether they're dealing with a pregnancy loss and it was very early on or just any loss in general to like, if you take away one thing, it's that you're validated to feel everything and like, yeah, you're worthy of that. Like you matter and you're not alone. If you like, I don't know what it's like to have any pregnancy loss or go through anything that you're going through, but I think I can relate with like losing something and grieving something but feeling like, oh, wait, this wasn't significant enough or this wasn't as dramatic or big as what other people are going through and losing and grieving. So like, I shouldn't be feeling sad about this or the whole like, it could be worse. That, (laughs) don't get me started on that phrase. Like, I, I totally agree that that works for some people. They do, they are able to take what they're going through and relate it to someone else who maybe does have it worse and it makes them feel better. But for a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily make you feel better because it makes you feel invalidated of what you're going through. It could be worse, but it could also be way better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally true. It's okay to acknowledge that some things in life aren't fair and not in a life's not fair kind of way. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay to be honest and sit in both of those feelings. Like you can sit in your grief and you can say like, wow, you know, I lost a friend and that hurts a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? And then the next day say, you know, but I'm spending time with this person and that feels really good. And it doesn't mean that one isn't Mm -hmm. more important than the other. And I think that's my biggest goal on my page is to show people, I mean, if you tap through my stories, it'll go from very lighthearted to very intense very quickly. And then back to lighthearted again, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what life is. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll be scrolling through social media and I'll see something that makes me laugh. And then I'll see something that's triggering and hard Mm -hmm. for me. And I like my space to reflect that because that's, I think that is where social media has value is when you're honest Mm -hmm. people like to see other people actually showing you know what they just bought at the store or what they just got in on from their online order or what they just talked to their doctor about at their appointment and in the TTC community we share a lot of our tests you know testing for ovulation testing for pregnancy all of these moments in real time you know, posting something and saying, I just took a pregnancy test and it's negative and that freaking sucks. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three hours later, 
you might be singing and dancing and hopeful again. And that's the reality of the ups and downs of life. Mm-hmm. Can you, um, what is TTC? Just so oh, that sorry. people are listening. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so TTC stands for trying to conceive. I like okay. to say trusting to conceive. Okay. Um, I don't like the word trying. I feel like, I feel like there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of this journey is trusting, trusting okay. that you'll conceive. There are a lot of um, abbreviations and acronyms in that community. So if I mm-hmm. if I say any more, feel free to stop me. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I'm just more like people listening. And I don't even know what that means, but um, now I do. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I think that's very, very valid that life is kind of all over the place. And as humans, we're all over the place and we're totally okay to kind of go through the ebb and flows of emotions and feelings and like uh, just life changes in general and I mean yeah it social media is such it's so hard to describe it without being like it's toxic I mean it is toxic in some ways it can be amazing in some ways it just I mean you have the choice on who you can engage with, who you can follow. Um, so this is a reminder that if you are following anyone who is bringing negativity in your life, you can absolutely unfollow them, even if they're your friends. Like yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with that. Like it is your your space that you're creating. Um, and if you're consuming other people's content, um, you can be very choosy and have boundaries in there just as much as you would in real life. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so that's really, really great that you've kind of created your own community and that's like a, an outlet for you and you feel comfortable in sharing and helping other women or anyone else who's going through this journey as well. Um, so yeah, I really commend you for that and for sharing your story. Um, I'm sure it's some days not is easier than other days to share it. Um, but obviously it helps you. It's definitely not always easy, but mm-hmm. what makes it worth it is the messages and the comments that I get from people saying, I thought I was alone in feeling this way and now mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you inspired me to ask my doctor about X, Y, Z. And now I'm pregnant. Like I, I get messages mm-hmm. like that all the time. Oh, that's nice. And that to me, even just one person seeing a picture, a caption, a video and thinking, huh, I relate to that. Like mm-hmm. that is, that's enough for me because I know what it feels like to feel alone and to feel like nobody understands and nobody knows how I feel. I think everyone's felt that way at some point mm-hmm. about something. And to be able to go to a space where I can be completely honest mm-hmm. and know that there are going to be people that love and appreciate what I have to say, or just even appreciate the fact that I'm sharing, even if they mm-hmm. don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. That's something that I, I really will never take for granted. And I'm so grateful for, and I'm so grateful for all of the people that bravely shared their stories before me. I mean, I've only mm-hmm. been sharing for about three years, but there are people that have been sharing about infertility and pregnancy loss for decades. And I mm-hmm. really commend them for their bravery because it is not easy to go through 
again and again and again, the same mm-hmm. hard emotions, mm-hmm. but the value in coming together as a community and this online village of people that mm-hmm. understand each other, I think that support is more valuable than what's hard about it. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And also like recognize that if you are someone who's going through a similar journey, you don't have to share anything online and you can still feel the same way that you feel from connecting with other women, whether that be like through a DM or something like that, where it feels more private and secure for you. Like not everyone is going to feel the same way with putting themselves out there and you don't have to feel that way to also get the same benefits as what Kelsey's talking about. So yeah and you you can also connect with people in more subtle ways and mm-hmm. I, I find sometimes now in conversations I'll pick up on things that people say and mm-hmm. I'll just kind of realize like oh she gets it she's been there mm-hmm. and so I think even just being exposed to other people's opinions and really listening and really mm-hmm. thinking about what they're saying and looking at their body language and spending more time with the people we love and really listening to understand people, mm-hmm. I think will help with that loneliness as well. Mm-hmm. When I hear things that other people say, I'm like, ah, they get it. That's very comforting for me too. Yeah. I think that that's a big point. A big takeaway is feeling like, oh, they get it or they understand me or okay, we're both on the same level here. It's what as humans, we are all about. And I don't know, we wouldn't, I truly believe that we wouldn't all be going through a similar situation if we weren't supposed to be connected. And I think that you kind of have to have a little bit of an open mind to engage with people that are strangers um, to recognize that they ultimately could make you feel less alone. And your story is still unique. Mm-hmm. You're not just another person that had another miscarriage. You're not just another statistic. Mm-hmm. Putting a face to this journey helps show people that it is an individual journey mm-hmm. and that we are all connected in that we've had these very personal experiences. And that is what connects us. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't want people to feel like, oh, you're just another infertile person, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. welcome to the worst club ever, but also what you're going through is unique and it does Mm -hmm. matter. And if you never choose to share with anyone what you've been through, it's still important. Every Mm -hmm. time that you're pregnant, your, your DNA changes, that baby gives I mean, I, I can't get into the science of it, mm-hmm. but that, that baby leaves something in you forever biologically, mm-hmm. and you will always have that connection to them, even if you never tell a soul. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I want people to take away one thing from this conversation, it's that you matter mm-hmm. and your experience matters, whether you share it or not, whether you admit it to yourself or not. Cause it took me a long time to realize, like I had a very traumatic ectopic pregnancy. I had an IUD and I got pregnant mm-hmm. and it ended up, I ended up losing the pregnancy and it all happened while I was in the hospital for mm. several days. And it changed me in a way where I didn't want to even admit to myself that I had been pregnant and had a loss because it was Mm -hmm. easier Mm -hmm. to just 
yeah. not go there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want people to know that even if you're not ready to process it yourself, that it still matters and that it's there mm-hmm. for you when you're ready. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank well, you. I think that's a really amazing way to end this conversation. But before we completely end this episode, I like to end all of them with a little rapid fire. Before we go into our final portion of today's episode, we do have a message from our sponsor. So Feeling Good Sometimes is sponsored by Pure Balance. Pure Balance is a Canadian-made fashion brand based in Bath, Ontario, and everything is ethically made in Toronto, Ontario. At Pure Balance, we believe you have the right to live with pure confidence and that you deserve to feel strong, supported, and free to be yourself. We create beautiful everyday basics that creates a foundation for effortless style. Each piece features a signature affirmation tag to support love and guide you on this wild journey called life and as a listener of feeling good sometimes you get 15% off your next order with the code feeling good sometimes apply that at checkout so once again the code feeling good sometimes and back to today's episode I'm going to ask you five questions and basically you can answer in one word or one sentence um, and try and just don't judge whatever comes up. Just share (laughs) what originally comes up first. Um, So your first question is, what is something that you do that makes you feel good? Oh, I love being outside. Mm -hmm. Going for a walk or something. Anything in nature. Okay. Um, What is something that you value? My friends. so much amazing amazing uh what is something that you want to let go of resentment towards people that have hurt me Mm -hmm. um what is something that you're currently working on can be like personal career just anything Yes, I am currently working on a personal financial goal okay amazing yeah I've always wanted to have five streams of income okay whether they're big or small doesn't matter that was a goal I set about 10 years ago and I'm almost there that's amazing um and your last question is how do you want to be remembered oh that's a good one I know this is my always like finisher just for loving lots I give my heart to everyone Mm -hmm. I think people will hear that through this episode, honestly, um, that you obviously want to share your story, but you more than sharing your story for yourself and to feel connected to others is that you want others to feel connected to each other as well and make them feel less alone. So before um we go where could people find you so you're very active on social media like if someone wanted to follow along with your journey or wanted to reach out um where can they find you and connect with you yes um the best place to find me is on tiktok at made into mother okay and on instagram i am at from maiden dot to mother 
Okay. And awesome. you can find me at from maiden to mother.ca as well. That will have everything linked all in one place. Okay. Awesome. And we'll add all these to the show notes as well so that people can refer. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your journey and, um, your story and just everything that you've been through and are currently going through. I think it's going to help so many people who are either going through the same situation or don't relate at all. Like they're going to, I'm sure take something away from this. So yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it and there was something that you were able to relate to or take away. I think the biggest lesson from today's episode was that you're never alone in anything you're going through and there's always someone out there that is going through something similar to what you're going through that you can probably relate to even if you have to like find a stranger on the internet and you don't have to necessarily engage with them but just seeing that someone is going through something similar can make you feel more connected. So if you love today's episode, I would absolutely love if you could review the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you could share it with your friends or maybe share on Instagram and tag at Pure Balance or at Allie Jean Duff, or you can even tag Made Into Mother as well. And make sure you follow along as we will be now having new episodes every Monday instead of every other Monday. So I hope you love today's episode and I'm so appreciative of you listening. Bye.